yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever Format Podcast live show with uh, Colin. That's right. That's right. Thank you all so much for uh, helping us get here to this point. Really appreciate it. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you're hitting that like button. And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you do that, too. Um, definitely really excited about this opportunity tonight. I've um, been working to put this together for a while. So, again, thank you all so much for helping us to get here. But now um, let's talk some sports. So if you're not familiar with the show, normally we talk a lot of football and basketball. Those are our two major sports here at the Format Podcast. We talk college football. We talk NFL. Sometimes we talk soccer. We talk boxing, basketball. But normally football and basketball. But based on where we are in the calendar year and where we are in terms of sports seasons, tonight is going to pretty much be an all NBA episode. So let's get right to it. We're going to have an opportunity. We're going to have some good topics here, and then we're going to have an opportunity to go ahead and uh, have you guys call in and have your first opportunity to really interact with me directly. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. So let's go ahead and do it, man. So um, first, we're going to talk about what's on the thumbnail, right? And that's LeBron James, as we know, has been the face of the NBA for quite a long time, and he can't play forever. We know that, too. But there's got to come a time when the NBA needs to have a new face. And so our first topic, we're going to discuss that. And I'd say LeBron has been the face of the NBA for probably about the past 15 years or so. And probably he really took over for sure when Kobe won his final championship in 2010. And then he made the move to Miami, not one, not two, not three, all that good stuff. And went to four straight Eastern Conference finals and four straight NBA finals and won two championships during that time. Now, you got some people that's going to tell you he's been the face of the league for the past two decades, pretty much the entire time that he's been in. But that's disingenuous. Now, has he been one of the biggest stars in the league for his entire time? Absolutely. But to say that he's been the face of the league for the whole time he's been in. Well, that's just not the case, but I'm not really going to get into that debate. This is not what that topic is about, but he has been one of the top guys for a very long time now. And the top guy, probably about a decade and a half last 15 years. So since he made that move to Miami, as I mentioned, that's pretty much when he took over and became the dominant face of the league, which to me, that's kind of funny, right? Because if LeBron James took over as the face of the league, how did he do that without actually taking over the league? That, to me, is a really interesting question, right? So you're the face of the league, but you're not dominating in terms of winning because we can talk all day about everybody who ate on his watch. And that's, again, not really the focus of this topic, but that's part of it, right? But um, I know a lot of you might be arguing that he took over the league, but to say that, it really does ignore the facts, okay? Because let's look at this. Since LeBron's been in the league, well, let's not even say since he's been in the league, since he took over as the face of the league, like I said, maybe around 2011 after Kobe won his final title, we could say the Mavericks won a title, the Spurs won a title, the Warriors won four titles, the Raptors won a championship, the Nuggets won a title, all on his watch. That doesn't sound like he's taking over the league to me. But again, in terms of all the other things, being the face of the league, the most recognizable player, the most marketable player, the guy who kind of carries the league on his shoulders, the guy whose voice um, has has the most weight and the things he says means the most to the league and all that. Yeah, I can't argue. That's been LeBron for the last 15 years. So he has been the face of the league as arguably, not arguably, as pretty much his biggest star and the guy that carried it. Now, if you want to say 
Maybe you got an argument with Steph Curry. Maybe you can say that in terms of all their battles on the court. Steph Curry being another guy that was super popular. I saw a graphic today. Quick side note, I'm going to digress. That said, when Steph Curry got drafted to Golden State 15 years ago, I didn't even realize he'd been in the league 15 years already, right? That's crazy. But anyway, um, I saw a graphic today saying that when Steph Curry got into the league 15 years ago, um, the Golden State Warriors were worth like $325 million. That was their valuation. Today, they're valued at $8.2 billion. That is crazy. That is insane. So... Um, definitely, uh, I'm just, you know, that, that shows you how valuable he has been to the league. Um, but anyway, I think that would be the only argument you could make in terms of who's the face of the league. So, uh, back to LeBron in fairness, he has really done a good job in many perspectives, right? Um, he's never gotten in trouble and, and normally that stuff doesn't matter to me cause I'm all about it between the lines. But if you're the face of the league and you got to carry it, some things are important, right? LeBron has never gotten in any trouble. He's had an impeccable image. He's never done anything to really bring the league down. He's done tremendous amounts of good off the floor. And all that stuff, it really matters because let's say I'm the face of the league and I'm in a situation where um, I'm doing, I'm dominant on the floor. I'm winning like crazy, but I'm a dirtbag off the court and I'm getting in trouble, so on and so forth. They're not going to want to make me the face. That's problematic. Do you know how good you have to be on the floor to be able to even be in the argument for the face of the league if you get in problems off of it? And I think I mentioned this on another show that I did. Um, I think that's probably why we see even though so many players think that Kobe is the greatest of all time or the second greatest of all time, that's why we see such a concerted effort by the league and by the mainstream sports media to not put him up there and put LeBron above him. Not that LeBron hasn't had a tremendous career on the floor, but I think a big part of that is Kobe got into his issues um, in Eagle, Colorado with the um, the sexual assault case and so on and so forth. Not going to get into the details of that, but the point is that stuff is not marketable and it took Kobe it took him a while to get over that, but the fact that he's just such a tremendously high-level, all-time great player really aided in that. But anyway, um, it can't be denied that LeBron has been great for the league in terms of what he's been able to do on and off the floor, the fact that he's never been in trouble, et cetera. Four-time champion. Now, don't get me started on the four-time champion because, to me, four-time champion is great, but if you're a six-time finals loser, yeah. You know, we 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 can't just say four times champion and ignore the six times finals losses. Like, I don't know how people do that, but it is what it is. Anyway, none of that can be denied how great he's been. But he's been he's in year 21 right now and he just can't play for too much longer. Right. That That's the thought. Right. But, you know, maybe he's a cyborg and maybe he can go as long as he wants to. But in all seriousness, let's go back a little bit. When Michael Jordan retired from the NBA, we saw the league and his ratings take a huge hit because it's biggest and greatest star of all time. Yes, I said it. He is the biggest and greatest star in NBA history. Go look at the ratings. Go look at the numbers. All that is undeniable. To this day, game six of the 98 finals against Utah is the most watched game in NBA history. That should tell you all you need to know for those of you who want to argue. Anyway, um, when he finally retired, the league took a huge hit because they did not do a good job of positioning that next guy. And that's a big problem. You have to be prepared for when your biggest star steps away that you have another guy. For instance, Peyton Manning was one of the biggest stars in the NFL. I know it's 
apples to oranges because football is such a such a more of a team game and more marketed towards the team and less the individual and and the NBA is the opposite. But the point I'm trying to make here is Peyton Manning was such an incredible star in the NFL and then he retired and Tom Brady just kept on going and Tom Brady was a megastar, kept on winning, so on and so forth. And now he stepped away. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes waiting in the wings and now he's dominating. So the NFL has done a tremendous job in terms of having a star to step into that void when one guy leaves. And I'm not so sure that the NBA has positioned themselves to do that. Right. And so um, the question now is who's next up for face of the league? That that's the question. Who's next up for face of the NBA? And I think that's a serious question because there's a lot of young talent in the league, but the question is who has everything that it takes in one package to carry the league? Because that's a a gigantic responsibility. And I honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. That's, that's why that's one of our topics today, but there's definitely some names, but to me, there doesn't seem to be one guy that's poised to grab it once LeBron is done. So one of my thoughts on that is I'm curious to know, like in terms of being the face of the league, is it, is it someone who reaches out and grabs it or is it a guy that kind of just has everything that takes and it comes to him naturally? That's what I'm not sure. Is it because you got some guys who want to go get it, but is wanting to be it enough or do you have to have that thing that it can just come to you? I, I don't know. Like Magic and Bird, they had that thing together. Now, their their rivalry going back to college and, and the competition between the two of them and obviously the two greatest franchises in history with the, the long-term rivalry and all that, that was perfect. Black versus white, East versus West, Showtime versus, um, versus Blue Collar. Um, everything just fell perfectly into place. The way the guys played, their tremendous skill levels, all that worked. And together, those guys were the face of the league. Then Jordan came and he took over, so on and so forth, right? So it all just seemed to just work. Like they didn't have to reach out and take it because um, because those guys just, they just seemed to have it, right? So I think that there's there's about five real candidates, in my opinion, right now. Who knows who may come in the future, but for right now, let's say LeBron decides to retire after this year. I don't think he's going to. He hasn't given any indication of that. But um, let's just there's about five guys for me. And I say those five guys are Anthony Edwards from Minnesota, Luka Doncic, Victor Wembanyama, Nikola Jokic, and Jason Tatum. And to be honest, I'm not particularly excited about any of them in terms of being the face of the league. And we'll, we'll kind of go through and talk about it. So let's start with Anthony Edwards. That's the first guy named. He's an absolute beast on the floor, right? He's explosive offensively to the point that, and I think this is ridiculous, but some people, Stephen A. Smith, that's you, have actually compared him to Michael Jordan. I can't see that. But what I like about him is he seems to have a desire to want to get out and really play and compete. Um, he competes on the offensive end. Like he's got that dog coincidence, University of Georgia Bulldog. Right. Um, but he's got that dog in him. Also, he wants to defend. And that's a rarity in the modern NBA that he really wants to defend and 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 D up guys. So th- that's big. Um, he looks like he's just a real competitor, which, again, to me, is a rarity in this era of the NBA, especially when guys are all so friendly and guys grew up together, playing together, AAU, so on and so forth, super team, teaming up, all that stuff. Now, I, I know I come from a different generation, so I can't really um, understand what that's about in terms of competition, but uh, so be it. But Anthony Edwards, he he seems like a guy that's poised to possibly be in that race for a face of the league. Um, next up, Luca. I saw somebody in the chat. Shout out Sarah Sloot. Um, 
I saw her say uh, Luca is a monster stat stuffer. But my problem with Luca, all those stats he's getting, I think he's averaging 34, 9, and 8 this year. And that's crazy. But to me, it doesn't really transfer to wins. Like Luca walked into the league being a bucket. He's getting busy. And again, to me, that might be testament to the fact that the way the game is played, all the spread floors, the lack of defense, and tons of threes. But um, Luca is a problem. He can score, but he doesn't really know how to play without the ball. So that that's something different. He's been to the Western Conference Finals once, and that's something he's got to make consistent, further, deep runs in the playoffs. And because to me, the most important part of being the face of the league is winning. You have to be in a position where you can win. That's major. You can't you can't just be out here putting up big numbers and not doing anything. And to me, that's super important. Like. Even with Jordan, he wasn't winning early, but his numbers were so astronomical and so crazy. And the stuff that he was doing was so beyond the pale that people were like, yo, this guy is real, real different. And if you look after 86, he started consistently getting further and further in the playoffs. And once he got to the top of the mountain and everyone knows this, there was no getting him down from there unless he decided to step away. But yeah, um, Luca, to me, he's got to really do a better job of figuring out how to play um without the basketball. And once he can do that and really maximize the abilities of his teammates, I think he will be better and, and a much more dangerous player. And that's going to lead to more winning um, for his uh, for his team. And so, again, winning is such a major part to me of being the face of the league. You got to have that. Now, here's one that that could be the guy. And that's Victor Wembenyama, Wemby. He's a rookie, most likely going to be rookie of the year this year. And he's the most hyped prospect maybe ever. And it's hyped to the point that I actually heard, I think it was Chris Broussard of the Odd, Odd Couple, him and Rob Parker were discussing Wembenyama before he came into the league and started playing. And I think they said that the the expectations were so high for him that if he became Hakeem Olajuwon at some point in his career, that it would be a disappointment. <laughs> to me, that was crazy. I thought that was crazy and crazy disrespectful because to me, I think Dream is easily um, one of the top five players of all time. He's so incredible. Uh, as a two-way player, his skill level was so, so elite. But this isn't about Dream. This is about Wembenyama. And so far, in fairness, Wembenyama's living up to the hype. So he's averaging 20 points, 10 rebounds, three assists per game, three blocks per game, leading the league in blocks per game. And that's that's real interesting because you don't often in this day and age see guys averaging um, three-plus blocks per game. So definitely super impressed with that. And um the wild thing, he's putting up those numbers on only 28 minutes per game. And I think that is amazing. So you got you got Luca on not Luca, I'm sorry, you got Wembenyama on a minutes restriction. I, I guess that's just the way the Spurs training team does it. And he's putting up those kind of numbers. And so uh San Antonio's a small media market, but he's with an organization that really seems to know how to deal with organ international players, I'm sorry, extremely well. And they got the support system for him. So um, it seems like everything is just smooth for him so far. Now, every rookie runs into difficulties at some point. Every young player has to deal with some, um, you know, they have to deal with some obstacles and, and fight through those. And that's part of growing pains and part of becoming great, right? Even LeBron had to do it. Mike had to do it, so on and so forth. So that's, that's just part of the thing. Um, but you you look at Wembenyama, and I think one of the biggest things for me, too, is that um, Wembenyama he doesn't have a language barrier. And I think a lot of times when you're dealing with international players, language barriers, very heavy accents, unfortunately, like this is America, Jack. Um, <laughs> shout out John Amos. Um, but yeah, 
when you have a, a thick accent or you have a language barrier, it makes it really difficult for American fans to put their arms around you. And realistically, American fans, they they want to support their own. And, and I get that. Um, so it's very hard for an international player to be the face of the league. We've never seen that before. Um, so here's an example, though, of how crazy Wemby is, right? Uh, I think it was Friday night. Uh, Friday night, he became the youngest player in NBA history to have a five by five game. And that's uh, that's five or more of something in five major statistical categories. He had 27 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, five steals and five blocks. And he did that all in only 31 minutes. That's crazy. So when he is showing the talent, he's showing the skill. He's showing he seems to have the dog. He seems to have a personality. He doesn't have a language barrier. And so you, you got all these things. So he might be like the first international player to get that done. He's got to stay healthy, of course. Um, thus far, he hasn't seemed to have um, fallen prey to what a lot of, uh, I want to say, big men fall prey to. But I, I don't know. He's like a tall, small forward to me because he's so slim. But, you know, let, let's hope that he doesn't, that he continues to be able to play at this level and not have any uh, uh, lower body uh, extremity issues. So, yeah. Um, Wembenyama, he might be that guy. Next up, you got Nikola Jokic, arguably the best player in the league. He's averaging 26, 12, and 9 on the season. He is virtually unguardable in the modern NBA. Now, you got people out there talking about, I, I had somebody I went to school with, and he told me in journalism school, and he said to me, the modern NBA is the best big man era ever. I was like, are you crazy? Like, what, what are you talking about? So, I guess he's saying because of Embiid and Jokic and what they can do, but I mean that's just two bigs out of the whole league. But anyway, um, the totally different era, not not the time or the topic for this argument. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, you you look at a guy like uh, Jokic and he's getting busy. Um, he is uh, two time former MVP. He is great. He's the defending champ. Um. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, he's virtually unguardable, except when he's playing against Joel Embiid. I think Embiid just has his number. He gets destroyed when he plays against Embiid, and it's crazy. Um, but I, I don't think he can ever, ever be the face of the league. First and foremost, like I said, Americans just don't really embrace foreign-born athletes the way they embrace their own. And and we get that because I'm sure if you're an American athlete, um, unless you're just that high of a level, it's hard to be embraced against uh, someone's own native athlete when you go overseas. It's just one of those things. But yeah, we, we just don't do that here, no matter how good they are. And also, Jokic, he doesn't seem to want that type of notoriety. He doesn't want that intention or that responsibility of being the face of the NBA. Like, that's not what Jokic is into. Um, we heard him say recently, probably a couple months ago, that his dream is when he's done playing, that he can just, you know, get rid of his uh, cell phone. And so nobody's got to bother him, right? And so... Um, he just, he just wants to do his thing. And also there seems, he speaks English well, but there seems to be a bit of a language barrier. Um, I don't know if he might be a really funny guy when he speaks Serbian, right? He might be a really funny guy, but we don't know. And that, that kind of, um, makes it a little more difficult for us to really see his personality. And that's an important part of it too, personality. It's not just about how good you are between the lines, even though of course that's the most important part. Finally, the last guy I mentioned, you got Jason Tatum and he seems to have a desire to be the face of the league. He wants it. And I think he said something recently about it, just kind of being there for the taking. He's got to reach out and get it. But for me, and I'm a Celtics fan, I I'm going to tell you, um, there just seems like there's something missing with Tatum. And I, I don't know what it is. He, 
to me, he doesn't seem like he's got a whole ton of personality. And when you watch him play, his game is super smooth, right? But he never feels like he's in that killer mode. Now, when he gets hot and he goes off, he's one of the most dangerous players in the league. And he can do that. But I never get the feeling that he's a guy who will get mad and just take over, right? Now, LeBron James kind of gets the rap of not being that guy. But I watched him, I want to say, in 2012 against the Celtics in the playoffs. That 45-point masterpiece, you could tell he was mad from the beginning. He just came in there. And I think if the Celtics had won that game, they'd have won the series. And LeBron knew it was up to him. He just went in there. I think he finished with like 45 and 15. It was crazy. And he just destroyed the Celtics. Absolutely destroyed them, dominated. And he was mad. And you could see it. And so he went into takeover mode. And I don't know if that's something Tatum has. I'm really not sure. I I just, I, I don't think he does. He's got the skills to do it, but I don't know if he has the mentality to do it. And I think to be the face of the league, you just, you got to be able to do that. And so when you talk about these guys, you talk about Tatum, you talk about Ant Edwards, you talk about Jokic, you talk about Wembenyama, you talk about Luka. I don't see any one of those guys that has it all in the one package that is necessary to take over the league. I, I just don't see it. Um, so... <sighs> You know, I've loved the NBA for a long time. Now, I've said it before, it's it's a lot harder to watch now just because of the way the game is played and the lack of defense and all that. And, I mean, we saw that in the most recent All-Star game. It's tough, but um, I don't want to see the NBA end up right back in the same spot that it was 20 years ago when um, MJ hung it up for good. That's just not something I want to see. So, um, right now, if I got anybody that wants to call in, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – Open up the phone lines. You can do that. Um, The phone number is 904-219-8264. 904-219-8264. You go ahead, give me a call, and um, give me your thoughts on this. Um, Yeah, and uh, if if we don't, then we'll get back to it and uh, move on to the next topic. 